0: Good radio is about good images, good mental pictures. You know that. Well, here's a great one. It's from a final year documentary by radio student Louise Kenny.
1: Well, the earliest memory I have is I was about between three and four. And I remember Ma saying to me, Martin, uh, the gas has run
2: out.
1: I want you to put a shilling in the gas. So she gave me the shilling and the gas was in the front room, the, the gas meter. In order to get to the gas meter, you had to crawl under a kind of cabinet type of thing, so I was small enough to do it. And I, <laughs> I crawled in with the shilling, and I put the shilling in and turned the dial. And when the coin fell, I, I I could hear this music. And I, I crawled back into the kitchen, and it was actually the Beatles playing. Uh, I think I'm going to be sad. A ticket to ride, yeah. That's me first memory. The girl that's, me,
0: man, is going away. that's from Louise Kenny's final year radio documentary. She's just graduated from IADT Dunleary. Her documentary features the memories of one Dublin family, the Hansards, you can hear the whole programme on the dock on one site, but I've assembled various extracts to fit the Curious Ear slot.
1: In the rare
0: old times. Louise Kenny called her programme Rare Old Times.
2: We went down collecting for Halloween in O'Call and I remember there was an American priest and he gave us all half crowns to at the Time. It was old money. And half-crown in those days would have been really an awful lot of money. A child would have never had a half-crown. And he gave us four or five as a a half-crown each. And I remember the first thing I'd done when we got back to Garnsey was bought loads of lemonade and and (laughs) cake. And I bought some for my two sisters, Lily and Martha. And when I went home then, my father wanted to know where I got the money. He thought i stole it. So they (laughs) took the money off me where I had left, and they put it into um. George
3: Pearl box. I remember uh, going into town with my mum and it was coming up to Christmas and she used to go to this shop. It was a furniture shop and they used to buy furniture by the week, pay by the week and whatever. It was the only way they could afford it at the time. And uh, going in the door, in the windows, it was this big pram, a child's pram, but it was like a real pram. Like it was leather. I can even see it I mean, as I'm sitting here. It was green leather hood and cream leather inside and these big huge four wheels and it bounced and I just kept saying oh imagine having that imagine getting that for Christmas but I didn't ask for it I just was my face was glued against the window looking at it and the Christmas morning I woke up and there was the pram and the doll red hair and blue eyes and a green dress with a pink flare it was like say for a very rich child it wasn't like the norm present to get. That's what my earliest memory is waking up the Christmas morning and seeing that. And a lot it's always with me.
1: The run-up to Christmas was always a big thing. The biggest thing would be getting all the clothes. for We'd all get our clothes ready for Christmas. That was like me, mum would make sure we'd all have our set, for, our Christmas set. You know, coming up to Christmas, we'd be all asked, what do we want and brought out? Those sets got you through the year. It was a big event in the house. Yeah. Christmas was like major. There was always a sing-song. Always. Me dad's favourite song, his party piece was Don't laugh at me Cos I'm a fool Don't laugh at me Cos I'm a fool I see them all falling in love I see them all
0: Falling in love And my used to hold his hand
1: Ma. Lucky star hides up a boy. Someday, maybe, my star will smile on me. Don't
4: laugh at me. Cause I... I have a very, very vivid memory of my mother. Peeling potatoes. All I've ever seen her doing was peeling potatoes. There seemed to be no end to the potatoes she had to peel. Our priority was have a nice, clean home, dinner ready, like if people were on school or work or whatever, and she never didn't have dinner ready. Without reading any books or anything, she seemed to have a wealth of knowledge and could almost relate to anything. She inspired me very much all throughout my life. I described my father as a, a very intelligent man. He was never easy fooled, but sometimes he was a tough man. <laughs> But he had a, 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 a great sense of humour and it, there was two sides of him. He, he often told me he had to be strict because there were so many of us. But he had another side that, his exterior was tough and hard and it, another side of him was very soft.
1: He was fun, me dad, because I remember once when it was my beard, it must have been my beard, because he came in and he'd get down on his hands and knees and we'd have rides on his back and all that. <laughs> so he had all that, that was all happening as well. He was kind of a strong person. You were always sure that everything was going to be all right.
4: You know, this was really something strange to happen. One day, I was up visiting my mother with my own children, and of course, we we far to be sitting. He was a retired man sitting in the sitting room, and um, we'd peep in and say, "How are you, how are you da?" And go straight into my mother. She was to be, she was the queen bee straight in and she called me and she said to me, Maldie, she said, i am not being bad, she said, but all he see is his babies and he's going and say hello to him and running to me. And he it could be a bit lonely some days. she would try and talk to him. And up to that I'd never realised I was visiting my mother and further, but I never considered him in the visit. I always said hello to him.
0: Yeah.
4: But um from that, from her saying that to me, it opened up a very good relationship between me and me, myself and my father because I started going in and talking to him and asked him how he was feeling and, you know, did he watch the news. And up to that point in my life, I don't think I knew one politician in the country. And he'd tell me all about the politics and the running of the country and his views and opinions. And the knowledge he had, I just couldn't believe it. He loved Charlie Hottie and I used to say to him, oh, he's a crook, and he'd say, yeah, Melda, He's a likeable old rogue. So they're all crooks. <laughs> and I always remember that it was well before the time anything anything came out about Charlie Hottie. From my mother making that statement that opened up for me a relationship with my father that lasted till the day he died and was special.
2: We was that like my father would have debates about politics. He loved Fianna Fáil. He hated Fianna Fáil. <laughs>
4: What would
2: he think of him now, do you think? Ah, oh, he'd in his grave, i say. Torn in his grave. It's just as well things didn't come out. Because that's what he believed in all his life. He believed in the Catholic Church and uh, Fianna Fáil. You know, the Catholic Church wouldn't say a word about him. The Fianna Fáil would have been seen as the party for working people. But uh, the way they turned out, he wouldn't have been able to accept it, And the way the Church turned out, I wouldn't say he'd been able to accept it.
3: When Katie got married, I think there was a big change in the house. From that there was a change, because she was there and my mo- mother missed her an awful lot, because she was very close to my mother. Paul... Lily, Melda, and then there was just me, Angela, and Martin.
4: It was just, it wasn't the same. It was mixed emotions. It was sometimes sad when someone got married because you'd know, well, they have a different life now. It was sad at the time, but then they'd come back, and a year later, or sooner, the baby would be back with them. <laughs> so so it was it was bittersweet. It was sad to see them go, because you were still young, and you, didn't, you wanted all this family to stay together. But um, then you realise when they come back, you come back with children and it was a different kind of relationship. And, it, and I was very, very popular with my older sisters and brothers because I thought it was because he loved me, but it was because they wanted me to babysit for them. Grandchildren were getting older,
3: people didn't come up as much. They came up to see my mum and dad, but they missed the grandchildren terribly because they just lived for the grandchildren. And I used to say to myself, "Geez, did they not get tired? Yeah. of all them kids coming up but they, even in the later years that's all they, they wanted whilst their family and their grandchildren that's all that mattered to them they're just happy that everybody was alright
0: An edited extract from Rare All Times by Louise Kenny that was her final year documentary from her radio course in the Institute of Art Design and Technology in Dunleary, Dublin you can hear the full programme if you go to the documentary on one site on rte.ie and then click on the section marked The Curious Ear
1: Ring-a-ring-a-rosy As the light declines